Hey, what is going on everyone? It's me, Mr. Mario, and welcome back to another episode of Mod Chat. For anyone who does not know, this is a podcast I do here at least monthly in two different forms. First of all, it is available in a video visual form here on a few platforms. It is mainly available on YouTube on the Mr. Mario 2011 YouTube channel, but it is also available on Odyssey as well as Rumble. You can simply look up Mr. Mario 2011 to find my channel there, or you can look up Mod Chat, all one word, and you should hopefully be able to find some of the episodes there. It's also available in an audio-only version like an actual podcast, so you can take it around and listen to it wherever the hell you want to. Simply look up ModChat, all one word, on your favorite podcasting app, host, podcast provider, whatever it might be, and you should hopefully be able to find it. I know it's not available on all of them, but it's available on most of them. Either way, this is a podcast here I do at least monthly where I see some things that have interested me in the world of video game console modding, video game modding itself, just things that I find interesting, cool, things that I want to talk about. We don't really have this be a news show, but I do know there are people who kind of consume it as their way of getting that good old modding news. So I guess it works out for that as well, too, if you want to treat it something along those lines. Now, I will also say this month here, this is the second episode of the month. I try and do it at least monthly, but here we're going to be doing two episodes this month. So I'm excited to bring this to you all. And there's just a few topics that we're going to be getting into, but let's go ahead and get into it as long as uh, the sleepy dog allows for it. I think she'll be okay with it. All right, so this here is in regards to the Steam Deck. We're starting off strong with something that I don't typically talk about, not because I have anything against the Steam Deck, I just don't really talk about the news here all that much. However, this here is something a little bit special from friend of the show here, Balika011, and he's been tweeting about this for a bit here saying, are you ready for some truly high definition 1200p gaming on the go? We are getting there. And there's been a few teases that he's been putting out on Twitter, but we're going to go ahead and play this right here. So here we go. We have uh, him booting up the nice, lovely orange game on the Steam Deck itself. For anybody who doesn't get that, it's, it, it's Stray. Absolutely love that game. A uh, whole lot of orange behavior. You got uh, Annapurna Interactive right there. I'm actually just going to blow this up here so we can see it a little bit better. But here, he's launching it. Going over to the graphics, showing that it is running at a uncapped frame rate. Uh, only using about 0.3 gigabytes of uh, graphics memory usage right now. V-Sync is enabled. And the resolution scale is set to 70%. Motion blur is on. Uh, he was going through like medium and high settings are all right there. Then he is starting up the game itself. So I remember this part here. I'm not going to try and spoil it for you all, but I absolutely loved this game, just an aside. So it's launching here. It's looking good. It's running at about 30, 40 something frames a second. So the refresh rate is set to 60. Uh, the frame limit rate is set to off right now. Uh, allow tearings disabled, half rate shading, uh, thermal power limit, all that disabled. But here we go. Here we go. We have a little bit more showing up. So we can see some more of these specs on the side. But this is what's important. Uh, it's a little bit hard to make out, but it is running at 1200p right there. You can kind of make it out a little bit. But either way, a little bit cool to see. So he's been teasing this for a bit. And from what I know, he's been working on this here. Uh, but it points to this website, which we can check out. And this here is DeckHD.com. And just taking a look at this, this looks to be a new 
not project, but how do I say, I suppose a new product for the Steam Deck itself. So just taking a look at this here, it says experience unseen detail, unleash vibrant colors. Our screen upgrade takes your Steam Deck experience to a new level. Enjoy a breathtaking 1200p resolution upgrade from the standard 800p combined with vastly expanded colors. So you can join a waitlist right here and you can also explore the features. And right here, I do like this. So it looks like this is, you know, what the standard screen looks like. And this here is what the new 1200p screen looks like. Your game's elevated. So here you're able to get more out of your games by running them at 1920 by 1200p. Uh, experience true color brilliance. So our displays offer an improved color gamut. Surpassing the original Steam Deck spectrum, enjoy richer hues and deeper contrast. And they're saying this is 95% of sRGB. And anti-glare glass is a standard here, saying that the Deck HD screen is glare-free as standard, a feature usually exclusive to the highest-end model. Play with clarity in any lighting condition free from unwanted reflections. So that's really cool. And even looking at this, this doesn't look to be a bad price either. They're saying, you know, you have the comparison here where the original is 800p. This one's going to be 1200p. They're both going to be 7-inch IPS displays. This one's going to have nicer sRGB coverage. The nits, so the screen brightness and the refresh rate are the same. And then the anti-glare coating is going to be on all of the Deck HD screens. So if you want that, you can get the 64 gigabyte $400 Steam Deck and you can get one of these for $99 and upgrade and get a much nicer screen that way is the intention. So again, you're able to join a waitlist right now and it looks like this is officially from FX Technology Limited. So it's going to be from that company. But from what I've seen and from what I've, you know, talked with him about, uh, Balika has been the one who's been, you know, working on at least the development and getting this up and running. But this will be from, uh, where was it, FX Technology Limited, which I've seen, I believe I've seen some projects that they've done here, but yeah, they've done a few things like this, so cool to see overall. Overall, I think this is something that a whole lot of people can get really excited about. It is a cool looking upgrade and uh, knowing Balika, I'm sure he's going to knock it out of the park with this. I have no doubt about that, but especially at that price, $99, really the only thing to worry about at that point is you're going to be doing a screen replacement. So just keep that in mind. If you're not comfortable doing a screen replacement, you might want to find someone to do this or, uh, yeah, or or really just uh, get some practice and do it yourself. <laughs> so this is something I get asked about somewhat regularly. This is in regards to the PlayStation 3. Now, honestly, this is something that I do not use, but this is for CC API or console control API. I believe that's what it is there. Uh, however, for a while, the latest firmware, firmware 4.90, has not been supported. But it was recently shown here, uh, developer Aldo's tools ended up pointing this out, that 4.90 CX firmware is now supported, but it is warned to not install CCAPI on PS3 HIN. Uh, of course, you can, you know, run into issues and brick risk and all of that, but it is for custom firmware only. So we can actually check out Instone's site here, and it does seem like, indeed, if you're one of those people who want to mess around with CC API, yep, it's working from at minimum firmware 4.21 all the way up to firmware 4.90. Now, at the moment, at least, it's only working on the CEX variant. It's not working on the DEX variant or debug version. So if you're still wanting to run your DEX firmware, 
you will need to be on 4.84 using something like you know 4.84 rebug full uh, but if you're going to be using you know like 4.90 evonat drex uh or not drex dpex that's what it is i was mixing them up there but if you're going to use 4.90 dpex from evonat uh, it looks like this isn't supported just yet on there However, for anybody who also does not know, even just reading this, it shows that CCAPI is a software that establishes a connection between your PS3 and another device, such as your computer or your smartphone. You can control your PS3 with it. A few functions available, game modding, debug non-fake self and fake self in real time, wireless connection, modify the IDPS and PSID, edit console LEDs, ring the console buzzer, and get the PS3 temperature. So really, it does allow you to control the console. Well, yeah control console API. So do all that. And this does help for essentially doing real-time modding on your system. So a lot of people who want to mess around with real-time development and real-time modding do enjoy using CC API on there. So for any custom firmware users, you're now able to use this at least on the latest CEX variant. So thought that this would be pretty interesting here. This is something that I had talked about a little bit before and I really haven't delved into in all honesty. I really do need to go back to it here. But this is in regards to an update to the Gold Hen Plus and repository. For those who do not know, Goldhen is really the payload that people use to modify and jailbreak their PlayStation 4 consoles as long as they are on a compatible jailbreakable firmware. Uh, it's really the best one out there for most users for the most part, uh, but recently it has had plugin support so you can customize it with your own plugins like you would Hinkaku on the PlayStation Vita. Either way, uh, this ended up getting something interesting here being a force 30 frames per second plugin. And in a world where people are really striving for 60 frames per second, I mean, we're even seeing this right here. We're not going to cover this one, but on the side, you quite literally see here, Switch Zelda Tears of the Kingdom running in 8K and 60 FPS in emulators. It seems a little odd that this is like, huh, okay, we're trying to strive for 30 frames per second. Well, here's what's going on. We can just jump into this over on this Wololo article, but he states here, Developer Illusion has published an update to the Goldhen plugin repository. Version 1.185 adds a force 30 fps plugin and a game patch plugin patches games before boot so that's also nice too you're able to just apply your patches on the fly as opposed to actually applying them to the game packages themselves and installing them with the package on there here it talks a little bit about goldhen plugin repository which we've talked about before and really just allows you to have plugins now to really customize your ps4 even further but he says here beyond game patch and force 30 fps which have been added today the plugin repository also contains a button swap to swap X and O, gamepad helper for button mapping, vibration intensity settings, etc., and more. People have been asking what's the point of a 30 FPS patch for games. The reality is the PS4 is showing its age, and sometimes it's better to have a constant 30 frames per second than a game that oscillates between 25 and 60 FPS. Illusion demonstrates the result in a recent Resident Evil 4 remake video, although to be honest the benefits of the patch are not obvious to the naked eye. In this video you can see at roughly this timestamp where the 60fps version drops to 25fps while the 30fps patch is having a better time. So we can just quickly look at this video here from Illusion. And this is playing Resident Evil 4 Remake on the PS4. So you can see this is both running in resolution mode on the PS4 Pro, uh, which to my understanding, uh, resolution mode is supposed to be targeting 30 frames per second. And right here you're seeing at the beginning, I believe the left one is stock, the right one is running this patch. And it doesn't seem to be all too much different right here. However, bumping 
a little bit further. I did check this out a little bit. You can see right here on the left, it's going like 34, 35 FPS. And on the right one, it just caps it at hard 30 FPS. Uh, this is one of those odd patches where I feel like a lot of people might not see the need for it until they actually use it with certain games. Uh, I can tell you I didn't run a homebrew patch in my example, but years ago when I played God of War, I was playing it on the PS4 Pro, and I had the option to play it in either uh, resolution mode, which uh, is something like this, you know, it aims for 30 frames per second, or performance or performance mode, which uncaps it and out. You can see it right here, it's jumping way up. So it's kind of all over the place, unfortunately. Either way, in that God of War example, when I was playing it, if you play in performance mode, it just uncaps the frame rate. The PS4 Pro was not powerful enough to run the original God of War 2018 at 60 FPS, so it would usually hover somewhere between like 40 some 50 something frames per second and to me i like 60 frames if it is constant or if it is very very close to constant like an occasional dip is fine but if you're giving me this like targeted 60 fps and it's hanging out at like 50 40 35 25 45 and it's jumping all over the place I honestly, I think that's like the one game I can think of, I actually decided to downgrade it. Um, not the firmware itself, but what I mean by that is I chose to play it on PS4 Pro, I chose to play it in resolution mode, so it stayed pretty much capped at 30 frames per second, and it was constant, as opposed to the performance mode, where it was just all over the place and not as enjoyable during combat. Uh, so I can definitely see that right here. Uh, if you're choosing the resolution mode itself on PS4 Pro for Resident Evil 4, uh, in, in this case, you know, you might want to go with the 30 FPS patch uh, because I myself personally, I wouldn't want to play with this all over the place, but that's just me. Some people might be more sensitive to frame rate. Uh, some people might not care at all. I'm one of those people, I'm going to be a little more sensitive to frame rate. Either way, this is certainly cool to see. Now, jumping all the way up to the PlayStation 5, this here is pretty big. This kind of just popped up here uh, all of a sudden just Slayer's Govi he's one of those people extremely talented individual in the PlayStation modding and jailbreaking scene however it seems like he really only makes an appearance when he has something to say and when he has something to say he makes sure it's something to be said so here we see this release which really surprised me on May 22nd which is PS5 decrypted game dumps now available Getting into this article from Wololo, he says that Slayer's Gove has released a payload loader for PS5 firmware 4.03, based on the WebKit and kernel exploits we already know. Combined with a specific dumper binary, download link below, this allows people to dump decrypted binaries of PS5 games, which, as far as I can tell, wasn't possible publicly until now. Getting into talking about decrypted uh, PS5 games, well, dumping them at least, he says that there have been ways to dump encrypted versions of PS5 games via FTP through the exploit for some time now. And that is true. Uh, you could even take a PS5 disc and put it into a compatible Blu-ray reader and dump it onto your computer, although that data itself is still encrypted, so you can't do a whole ton with it. Uh, going back to this, though, they say, but the binaries remain encrypted. Now, using this new payload, it is possible to decrypt the binaries of a running game and make a backup. Typically, people wanting to dump their PS5 games will use this payload to dump the binaries and the faster FTP to dump unencrypted files, resource assets such as images and the like. Now from Zeko Xiao here, he states, Usage is the same as always. Start the game, minimize the game, go to browser, 
launch exploit, then load payload.bin. Should dump to USB if I remember correctly. Slayersgovi's payload loader only works on 4.03 for now, but it is likely the tool could be ported to other exploitable firmwares up to 4.51 included with the right offsets. To run, point your PS5's browser to this website here over on his GitHub, then click the JB link. Note, we do have a tutorial on how to run the exploit which you can use as a basis. Source code that you can download locally is here. And then the dumper payload itself, which the file is available here, can then be sent via netcat on port 9019. So this definitely surprised me. Now, don't worry, we're, we're not like even close to a point where we can, you know, run game backups or do any of that. However, when it comes to actually like backing up the games and really doing a lot of reverse engineering on them and even just data mining for, you know, hidden things that are in the games themselves, I've seen a lot of people really enjoy doing that as well too. Uh, this could be pretty valuable. So that's cool to see. Uh, however, again, if you're familiar with the current method, you know, of dumping PS4 games, I know that's gotten a lot more refined, but really it was about the same as before where, you know, you run your dumper payload and then you have a USB drive inserted you then run the game itself and then once the game is running on a modified system you're then able to decrypt the game and decrypt the files and dump them out onto external storage so i was not thinking when it comes to the ps5 we would be at this point uh but here here we are with it it took uh i guess two and a half years to get to this point here so that's definitely interesting to see uh but again if people are asking about you know like actually running the games and all that we're not quite at that point yet i don't think that's going to be for a long while but still for anybody especially who's wanting to look into the nitty-gritty of the games themselves and really do some data mining there uh, this will be interesting do keep in mind however you do need to have a old ps5 you need to have a ps5 running this low firmware for firmware 4.03 so you need a system that really hasn't been updated for a year year and a half while i'm recording this something along those lines uh, which is going to be pretty difficult to get a hold of of course so just keep that in mind and then even with that the games that you would be dumping there's a lot of ps4 games you can do i'm sure but when it comes to the ps5 games here there's not really going to be all too many available just due to that firmware being so early in the console's life cycle next up here we have some original xbox news and this is this is so weird to me. Let's go ahead and get into this, right? This is actually from IGN, and this was an announcement from EON announcing the XBHD. They say this is a plug-and-play HDMI adapter for the original Xbox that is supposed to come out June of 2023. So just reading right off this here, this is uh, EON Gaming, the company behind HDMI adapters for the Nintendo GameCube and N64, has officially announced the XBHD, its next adapter that is designed for the original Xbox. The XBHD is a plug-and-play adapter that allows you to easily play your original Xbox on modern TVs. The XBHD includes two HDMI video outputs, a mini Toslink audio jack, and three LAN ports. The mini Toslink, according to EON, claims to deliver clean digital audio through headphones or speakers and even capture cards. Now they say here setup is easy. Number one, you plug the Eon XBHD into your Xbox. You connect the HD cable, so the HDMI cable itself, from the XBHD to your HD TV. And then you can enjoy the Xbox's full potential. So here it looks like it's this big box right here which hooks into the AV port and the LAN ports because this is wild, right? It has the 
Toslink, mini Toslink, so you can hook it up to an external sound system. Uh, it has two HDMI ports, so you can plug it into two different HDMI ports right here. Uh, the, the main thing I'm thinking of is really you can do that so you can have, how do I say... I guess you can hook up one to your TV and like one to a capture device. That's what mainly I'm thinking of. But then again, I'm kind of biased because, you know, I do the content creation thing. And then here you have three LAN ports. So you can hook this up directly to Xboxes 2, 3, and 4. And you essentially have your own local, like you have your own local router that you have set up for LAN parties. Now, they're even going back here and saying that the three LAN ports are the most interesting feature. As you can see in the image above, it allows for versatility in having LAN parties. With the original Xbox server shut down, including the LAN ports on the XBHD, makes it easy to set up LAN parties and play games like Halo 2 with your friends and relive the early 2000s. Now, here's the wild thing, right? This is supposed to cost $189.99, uh, which is $30 more than they're saying like the GCHD Mark II or the Super SD or the Super 64 HDMI adapter, that one being for the N64. Looking at some of the images here, like they always knock it out of the park with the packaging. Like, yeah, we see the package here looks really nice. All right, yeah, we'll open this up. The package here looks really nice. This is a cool box. Like, I like this. It's cute. It, it looks awesome. Like, even, you know, instead of Xbox, it says XBHD. Instead of Microsoft, it says Eon Gaming. It even has the italicized font right there. Like, that's a cool detail, right? Uh, you have all the ports back here. That's cool again. And then this, this giant box. This giant box here. And this is how it is. And, yeah, you hook up one to the uh, LAN port and one to the AV port. And then on the other side, you have your toss link. You have your two HDMI ports. And you have your LAN ports. This is the weirdest thing to me, right? And when I looked at this, I I was so confused because at first I was like, oh, uh, okay, cool, EO, Eon or EON is jumping into the uh, old console to HDMI space. And then when I saw what they're doing here, I was kind of looking at this, and I guess this is kind of what I'm asking you all. I'm like, I'm not exactly sure who this is for because with me right now, a lot of people have been saying, I've seen this on Twitter quite a bit, and a lot of people have said, well, this is more expensive than doing the Xbox HD Plus mod, which is the internal HDMI modification, plus you get a mod chip with that. However, to that I will say, unfortunately, the downside to all of that is uh, you have to physically open up, modify the console, and it's not an easy install that everyone can do. So this is something that you could do without any mods, which is great. However, when it comes down to it, even me as someone who I feel like I could do a mod like that, and even there's times I have a lot of Xboxes where I just use uh, Xbox to HDMI adapters, I I wouldn't use this. Uh, I would use, like, the, I'll actually show you all the one I've been recommending. Well, unfortunately, right now I was looking for it, and it looks like their site, they're not taking any orders right now, which, you know, that could be a thing that's negative here, of course. But from RetroRGB, this is the thing that's been recommended for years, getting the Chimeric Systems Xbox HDMI adapter. Uh, this is really the best one on the market that you can get for the most part, and it is a little more expensive. You're going to pay a premium. It's like $50, but still, uh, $50 for this versus $189 for this, and I'm kind of like, you know, I just really need the AV out to output into HDMI. And even with that, they haven't said anything, but I don't think this is doing any upscaling. I think this is just taking 480p 
and putting it out through HDMI. 720p, putting it out through HDMI. 1080i, 1080, not 1080p. But what I'm saying is this, this to me, I don't see any evidence here that this does any kind of upscaling. Uh, it, it doesn't do any of that. And even with the other stuff, one of the other things I've seen is, yes, there's a lot less that you need here, but people have said, you know, if you want to, if you want to do all of this, if you want to hook up to, you know, multiple different HDMI, if you want to hook up, you know, to an HDMI splitter, if you want to get yourself a small little like four or five port uh, network adapter, and if you want to do kind of like a toss link thing, uh, you can buy all those accessories for a lot cheaper. I will say, there is something nice to having everything here, but even I, like, I love the Xbox, and I looked at this, and I, I didn't get excited. I looked at this, and my first thought was, why why do I need all the extra stuff here? So I guess that's what I'm going to ask you all. I personally, I think this is way too niche for what it is. In all honesty, I think this is way too niche. I don't think this is going to sell nearly as well as the, uh, you know, the GCHD or the Super 64. Uh, and even the Super 64, I'm not super crazy about because that only does S-Video. It doesn't do RGB just because of, uh, you know, the N64, you can only do RGB out once you modify it and enable it back there. Uh, but when it comes down to this, I'm like, I'm just kind of dumbfounded by it. I'm just like, this This seems like it's being extra for the sake of being extra. And I don't feel like a lot of people will really be gunning after it. So I, I want to know your thoughts. And finally here, I like to cover something that I see, you know, is like weird, cool, funny, interesting, neat, what have you. Just a little bit random in the world of modding for the ends of these episodes here. And we're going to be talking about some syrup. Uh, now, Zeko Xiao was teasing this a little bit before this was revealed here, but this is specifically Syrup 11, a early PS4 prototype revealed and with pictures from Wololo. They're always, you know, killing it with the coverage right here. So this right here we're seeing is a board that says Syrup 11A on it. And they say here, just with the intro, he's stating, uh, One thing we seem to love the most on the hacking scene are forbidden hardware versions of our consoles. We have an unhealthy attraction for dev kits and prototypes that give us collective hope we'll get to understand the retail version of our gaming machines better. And, sometimes, in the right hands, that can turn out to be true. While these devices are generally useless to the end user, hackers are sometimes able to extract alpha or beta versions of firmwares, which can lead to significant discoveries for hacks of the retail versions. So, SERP 11 possibly being the oldest, at least known, PS4 prototype, it's stated here that Zeko Xiao revealed photos of SERP 11, a device that is apparently an early prototype of a PS4 motherboard. He claims this is the earliest PS4 prototype board in existence but the numbering could imply it also has at least 10 siblings. The trained eye will recognize most of the required ports for a functional PS4. From its external facing ports, HDMI, DVI, optical audio, Ethernet, USB, to its RAM, Southbridge, and Syscon chip. The PS4 dev wiki currently doesn't have much information on this prototype at the moment, let alone how it was acquired. That part, we'll probably never know. From the PS4 dev wiki, we have that this is a early PS4 prototype. The serial number is 11. That's it. It's it's 11. <laughs> we have the Southbridge information. Uh, it has DDR3 RAM on here, so less RAM. It's only 4 gigabytes, so it's slower and less RAM. Uh, the Syscon chip, and then some MXIC chip, probably the NOR S flash. And this is it right here. And this is the crazy thing, right? Like this right here. So yeah, this resembles a PS4 motherboard. We're looking at it. 
But this here looks like it will, it will connect up to a motherboard, like it connects up to a computer. And this is just, it's crazy to see these prototypes. So we have, you know, a side profile here. We got some of the chips. We have the back here where we have this giant like bodge cable here. Uh, and then here, you know, we have a USB port, which we had an internal USB port. Now we have an external one, display port, uh, toss link, uh, HDMI, of course. And there we go. Uh, it's worth noting that the physical appearance of this motherboard is significantly different from other esoteric devices such as dev kits, which for all intents and purposes are much closer to official re retail devices. As we've seen in teardowns in the past here and here, Zeko Shao has not shared if the prototype is functional in any way or physically damaged, etc. This is, this is wild. <laughs> Oh, and we even have some internals, like actually, so there's two internal USB ports and an internal uh, LAN port right there. These just blow my mind. That's so interesting to see. I love it. Anyways, that is about it for this episode of Mod Chat. I hope you all enjoyed it. I hope you all got to learn something. I hope you were entertained while you're watching it or listening to it, or maybe a little bit of both. Now for anybody who makes it to the end of these episodes here, I like to do a little bit of a thing where I usually pick out something on my desk and I usually use that as a keyword or a key phrase. And if I see that you've used it as a keyword or a key phrase in your comment on the video uploads here, then I'll know that you've made it to the end of this episode. So for this, because I was, you know, messing around with this a little bit more, uh, you know, I was messing around with this here, the uh, Pico mem card. Uh, but right here, this is a PCB. It's a cool looking thing. Been fun to solder to, mess with as well too. Uh, how about memory? If you use the word memory in your comment on one of the video uploads, I'll know that you've made it to the end. And if you are listening to the audio only version of this episode, that's totally fine as well too. Come on over to the video side of house and leave the comment that you want to with the word memory. And as long as I see the word memory in there, I'll know that you've made it to the end. Anyways, that is about it for this episode of Matcha. I hope you all enjoyed it. If you did, a like would absolutely be appreciated. If you didn't, a dislike is fine as well too. As I always say though, this is Mr. Mario signing off. Thank you all for watching, everyone. Oh, Lily's happy. That's cool.